Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuccinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work, Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com, or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life, and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ActiveSpirituality.life with Pamela Cuccinell and Susie Masoli, week 16, 2022, starting Monday, April 18th. As always, Pam's going to give us the lowdown, the up-down for the week, and I'll be with you uh, just after the 24th. What's up? Starting the 18th, the moon is in the sign of Scorpio. And those of you who've listened to me for a while know that when the moon is in the sign of Scorpio, it's a rather intense sign. It's a water sign. It's what we call fixed. And so the mood of the day is to deep dive into whatever it may be that's in front of you that you want to get into. Now, this is a particularly fruitful day for those who are going with what they are committed to go into, have vetted out and uh, pared down to the appropriate partners or the people who are really part of what should happen and unfold with the journey. That being said, there's a picture in the sky in the morning between Sun and Pluto. It's a challenging picture. And that's fast moving because anytime there's a planet engaged with the Sun, uh, the Sun is obviously always from Earth's perspective in movement, or rather the Earth is in movement, which makes the uh, any geometric configurations to the sun move very quickly, as in the case of the moon as well. But a sun square Pluto uh, configuration will indicate that as of the night before, day before, morning, uh, this is a rather volatile, challenging day, because what's happening um, in the symbols is that self-expression gets into um, headbutting or challenges with the power, whatever the, the ultimate power seems to be. So it could be financial, it could be someone in your life who's pulling emotional strings or, or monetary or power strings. And it could also, it always distills down to what's going on within you. So if you're feeling particularly challenged at this point in time with uh, different situations that seem to really call up, your inherent survival skills and need to really 
lean into whatever it is that is absolutely essential for your truth and well-being, this may be a day where you're feeling that a lot, or it may be very subtle. It may be, you know what your theme is, you know what you've been working on, what you've had to do, whatever the contractual thing or investment thing, uh, self-investment, emotional investment, whatever it may be. And this is just a day where you are putting your shoulder into making something turn. It may not turn this day, but it is a tremendous day for addressing things that we really want to accomplish and move with. It's a very juicy day to connect with your intuition, to follow the flow of how things need to unfold. And I think for a lot of people, especially people with a lot of water in their horoscope or earth signs, uh, this can be a day when you see a lot of progress has occurred with things that often are not that easy to dig into. You can find things. Uh, Things can be revealed. Um, Situations that were a, a long time in working there can be indications of the resolution or the people with whom or the person that is going to really be an assist or just the right click, click, click that lets it happen. But make no mistake, this isn't just sort of snap your fingers and magically it all falls into place. It's very much about a very deep knowing, a commitment to the overall goal, and a willingness to shine light into the darkness, but also feel your way in the dark. So the moon goes void, of course, at 7.55 p.m., and it stays in the sign of Scorpio until 10.16 p.m., when it enters Sagittarius. Now, when I say the moon is void, of course, what it means is it's a period of time when it's best to work on things already in motion, um, meditate, do therapeutic things, um, slow down and smell the flowers, (laughs) take care of yourself, and not initiate or begin something unless that moon is somehow triggering your personal horoscope, which you'd need to know your personal horoscope in order to know if that's happening. So the conventional wisdom is use the void of course periods to recharge, purge, work on things already in motion, clean off your desk for the next project. Once the moon enters Sagittarius, We're in fire energy, mutable. Things start to move much more quickly. Doesn't necessarily mean, however, 
that the outcome will be easier. This is a good time to start things. It certainly isn't a bad time to start things. Uh, keep in mind, we are in the waning moon cycle. We had the full moon over this past weekend. So it doesn't mean you can't begin things. It just means that you take into account that things may not move as quickly as they would in the waxy moon cycle, especially when you begin something with good aspects. On the 19th and the 20th, with the moon in Sag, we are in a period where we may want to move quicker or people around us want to move quicker. There's a lot of exuberance and spontaneity and it's really important to stay on task unless it's okay that you're kind of spread thin and shooting at a lot of things. Um, but otherwise, if you really are in a period or need to get certain things done, stay on task because distractions abound. And on Tuesday and early Wednesday, some of us may feel as though we're spread too thin and we're just not getting enough of anything that we need. Uh, whereas if we concentrate on one thing that needs to happen and its outcome, we can feel a lot more satisfaction by the end of this particular trip through a sign as the moon th moves through Sagittarius. There is a <clears throat> productivity that can happen. Uh, let's see. Um, hmm. Oh, right. Uh, is uh, when we get into Thursday. So I would hold off on starting anything that you want to get off the ground quickly until Thursday, Friday, because Tuesday, Wednesday, you're dealing with uh, a lot of fractured energy, which means that you might begin something, engage a conversation with someone, think something's going to happen, get off the ground. And then there's a lot of um, people looking in different directions and not really focused on what the initial or agreed about project was. So just know that it, it's not necessarily bad, but it it's going to be unsatisfactory if you expect that whatever it was agreed upon will stay on the time clock because the odds are it probably won't. Uh, whereas on Thursday and Friday, there's a lot more focus and ability for people to follow through with something that they had um, initiated or said they were going to follow through with. And what happens in these cases, it doesn't mean that, well, it could mean different things. It could mean that the conversations or the people who get excited by 
by, yeah, let's do that or let's finish that or let's make that happen on uh, Wednesday and Tuesday might be more easily kind of scattered than the people who might say, yeah, I'm on board with that on Thursday, Friday. It can be absolutely the same person, but whatever kind of holds focus on Thursday, Friday will have a lot more satisfactory outcome than what people might say they're signed up for or want to do on Tuesday, Wednesday. And so the midweek days can be, um, they can be good days for moving around, getting exposed to a lot of things, um, throwing ideas around, kind of seeing what may stick. And when we get to Thursday, Friday, those are the days to sink in, follow through, know the outcome is going to go in a direction that's really beneficial. Actually, Thursday until Friday in the early evening, um, That's those two days are really strong days to execute ambitious projects and, or rather if, you're on board with really intense, focused, uh, deep dive ways of working. If that's what you want to do or want to hire somebody or give somebody the job to do who's better at that kind of thing, these days are going to be very satisfactory outcome days. So the moon goes void, of course, at 11.53 p.m. on Friday. And it enters Aquarius in the wee hours of Saturday, the 23rd. And all the times I give our Eastern time, if I haven't mentioned that. So please adjust depending on where you are. So that period when the moon enters the sign of Mercury, I mean, sorry, Aquarius, uh, because of where Mercury is positioned, actually, um, these are, they're certainly lively days, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. They're days when, oh man, there's so much going on, this idea, that idea. Um, it, it can, you can encounter situations that feel like detours or where you're uh, running into a different direction than the one you thought you were going to go in. This isn't necessarily bad, um, but Sunday especially may feel very like, oh, go that way. No, do this. <laughs> he told me he was going to do that and he didn't do it. So how do we compensate or make this happen, or I don't have what I need to execute this or go to that. So there can be on this day, especially Sunday, although Saturday has some aspect to it, um, Saturday looks a, a little more, um, uh, I guess I'd use the word fun in that it 
we can have a lot of ideas or thoughts or places we want to go, things we want to do, networking, uh, great day for extroverts. But on Sunday, anything that might have come up or we thought we may have done or ideas we threw out there, Sundays when we really realized, did you say this clearly? Was it received in the way we thought we needed to hear it? Uh, the most important thing of these two days, I would say, is clarity of communication. And I do tend to talk about that on and off, especially when we're in the retrograde season of Mercury. But on this weekend, what's going on is that as Mercury's traveling through the sign of Taurus and Mercury in Taurus is a, when you think of Mercury as being the messenger god, what happens when Mercury is in an earth sign is that it really is as it's, at its best when it's communicating with its hands or doing something tangible. So when you're working with or you have uh, someone who has Mercury in, in this case, Taurus, um, could be Virgo, could be Capricorn. These placements of Mercury really thrive with jot it down, put it on a list, um, create something with my physical hands to show how this message is received. Do something where you are working in a tangible, concrete way to transmit the message. And I think because of what's going on as I look at the movement of that moon in, in Aquarius with the position of Mercury, Saturn in Aquarius, and Neptune in Pisces, the message that's coming through to me as I look at this is very much, how do you concretize how you communicate? Is it, is it clear? Is it understood? So these two days are great days for analyzing, am I heard in the way I would like to be heard? And do I receive messages or information in a way that I really understand what's being transmitted to me? And we can use this weekend really effectively for someone or people in our lives that we don't feel we're communicating very clearly to or who really hear us. The lovely thing, I mean, one of the strengths about Aquarius, if you know an Aquarius or if you have uh, Aquarius in your horoscope, a very positive trait of uh, Aquarius energy can be objectivity. Step back, view the situation, analyze it, and 
report back in a way that is understood by whoever the recipient is of the information. So when I look at a weekend like this one or, you know, a couple of days, it seems to speak a lot about are you expressing your truth? Is it heard? Is it received? And do you do you accept, allow reception of whatever the other person is trying to get across? And we can do this in very complicated things where maybe you're going over a legal contract or um, some sort of statement that has to do with exchange of funds or business, or it can be just really discussing with a spouse, partner, roommate, look, this is the way I like to leave the bathroom counter. And this is why. And and to do it in a very analytical um, explanation way instead of uh, defensiveness or, or arguing. And so it's it's kind of challenging, this weekend's energy. But I think the biggest challenge of it is when we're unwilling to recognize that really proper and effective communication is going to take time. When we use these couple of days to really kind of focus in on something that we've been trying to get across to someone else or an entity or and whatever it is that is really important that how we're expressed is received in the way we want to receive it received, then these days, which can seem challenging, actually are perfect for allowing someone better clarity of thought and communication. So now I turn it over to Susie. Okay, so how did you leave the bathroom counter this morning? (laughs) That popped into my mind. Mm. Oh, the tube on the toothpaste, the top on the Mm. toothpaste, the way Mm -hmm. the toilet paper rolls. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, basic stuff. What's the fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I invite everyone to take 10 minutes. Find that place of stillness if you can. And just take a few deeper breaths. Allow yourself to arrive. <sighs> Make a sigh. Sometimes that really helps too. And just take a moment to check in with your physical body. And what I like to do sometimes is just tighten all of my muscles really, really tight, like we do in yoga class, tidy everything up, and then And then sometimes when I do that, I realise that I have actually been holding my shoulders uh, underneath my earlobes <laughs> for the last three hours while I've been working. So just allow yourself to arrive. Take a few deeper breaths and just 
One more, couple deeper breaths. And then allow yourself to settle. And today, as we're talking about communication and listening, just deepen into that place in yourself where you are the listener and notice who you are and what you are and what you're like when you're in a conversation. I sometimes refer to this as 100% listening or 50% listening. And sometimes we're multitasking and we're listening and we're doing something and maybe that's enough attention. But there's a lot of times when we actually need to really give 100% of our attention to that person that we're listening to. And very often you'll find that even when you're listening to that person, you'll have all of your your judgments, all of the things that you just kind of suppose or think or understand or just expect from that person. And so it's not really listening then. It's kind of maybe like even 80% listening because we're superimposing some sort of ideas on that person. So I would like to meditate now on bringing that opening to our ears, bringing that opening to our heart, maybe even thinking that is there a place in my brain where I can just like pause or switch off all of the memories or all of the experiences I've had with this person so that when I'm sitting with them now that I can be present here without any history, without any uh, assumptions, without any judgments. And if I can find that little switch, which it might actually resist, but just for just for a few moments so that I can really be present with this person without all of my baggage or all of our baggage and just listen and find that place in our heart, find that place in our brain, find that place in our experience. And it's also possible that that we can talk to people, communicate with people in this way as well as with ourself too. And as we come into that place now, just imagine literally that your ears are turning into like Dumbo's ears, huge elephant ears, that they're really, really big and just you can almost feel it now, like the blood is rushing to your ears. Your ears might be starting to turn red. As we open up our ears, listening to the world around us without reacting, without responding, 
without jumping in and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that's happened to me and immediately associating it and turning the story into you. Opening our ears and listening without placing any information or experience from ourself onto that, without even, in a way, really relating to it, but listening to it. And so often, so many of us are immediately thinking, how can I help them? Especially if someone's telling us about their problems, how can I make them feel better? What can I say? Because we feel uncomfortable when other people feel uncomfortable and we want to help. We want to immediately make things better. We don't want to see our family or our friends suffering. So what can we do when we can just listen? Just hold that space of listening, connecting heart to heart. So without all the stories, without all the information, but really holding our heart to that person's heart and seeing like a beautiful channel that goes between the two of us. And we create a very different atmosphere, a very different environment then for sharing. And sometimes when people need to talk and need to share their problems, just being heard, just being validated is important. And we don't need to know all the details. We don't need to know all the various facets of the story. Really, what we want to do is just listen to how they feel. So one of the great takeaways we have from this kind of experience and from this meditation is to really connect as humans on that level of feeling like, how do you feel? How is it that we can understand each other's feelings without getting embroiled in them? How can we be compassionate? How can we be truly present? And this would be a great way this week is just to reach out to our family and to our friends. We're not asking for stories or details or all of the various facets of what's going on, but just how are you feeling? How are you really feeling? What's, what's that emotional state? And allowing our friends, our family members, to express that, just that, just their feelings, and to listen to it, to honour that, and by listening we can validate where they're at, and just simply being present with unconditional love. So I invite all of us to feel that opportunity arise in various situations this week. 
perhaps even with people that we find very difficult to communicate with. Allow for the facts and the logic and the story to just be distilled and to be really only listening to the feeling. Listening with those big, big Dumbo ears, compassion, loving kindness, rolling off our tongue, just rolling out of our heart and allowing ourselves to be present. And as we take a few deeper breaths and gently open our eyes, feeling this energy now of, of being open and being accepting on all different levels and feeling that energy within ourselves and feeling that energy now gently erupting in the world around us. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. We will see you next week. Lots of love. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of activespirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and have a great week.